0: All right, Uh, that was awesome. Uh, We are going to have a sermon now. (laughs) And so, can I get you guys to open up your Bibles, please? And I'm going to read the passage for us, and then Pastor Paul will uh, open up the word for us. The passage for today is 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 14 to 20. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 14 to 20. I'll read this for us, and... Just a reminder that this is the word of God. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrep- misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Amen.
1: Thank you, Peter, and thank you, James, for... That incredible testimony. Um, Yeah, what what Peter said is really true. We are like, we were so excited. We are so excited uh, that James came to faith. Uh, This is what we're about. We want to see people come to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus yet, you've never decided to follow him, uh, we'd love for you to stick around. Uh, Come every week, or if you can't come every week, you know, once in a while, and just hear about who Jesus is. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about uh, the resurrection of jesus right it's easter sunday or resurrection sunday as some people call it Uh, that's what today's about and that's what i'm going to talk about you know as christians we tend to talk a lot about the life of jesus right the birth of jesus even the death of jesus Uh, but if there's one part of i guess his whole kind of story that we don't tend to talk a lot about it's probably this the resurrection of jesus Right, the birth of Jesus gets Christmas. Christmas is huge, it's got its own songs. We sing carols about, you know, Jesus, you know, being born and you know, we give gifts out and everyone's really happy. Right? It's a big deal, the birth of Jesus. The life of Jesus, every week we gather, we're probably talking about something Jesus said or something that Jesus did, or something in the Bible that points ultimately to him. The death of Jesus, the cross. Again, a huge deal about Christianity, we, we make a big deal about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, but the resurrection feels like the, the last child that's kind of left out and neglected. Right? But what I want to say today is that the resurrection is really, really important. Right? The resurrection is really kind of one of the pieces of the chain that if you lose any parts of that chain, the whole thing will fall apart. Right it's not less important than everything else it is just as vitally important as everything. right so today I want to talk about the resurrection and why it is important. why does a resurrection matter? Why does it matter historically right that it was an actual thing that happened right in history? why does it matter historically but also why does it matter personally for you? That is, even if Jesus rose from the dead in history, you need to make this something that you believe. It has to be personally true for you. And if it's not, right, it matters. Right, I want to talk about that. So three reasons why it matters historically and personally. It matters because it's the solution for sin. It matters because it means death has been put to death. And it matters because now we have a life worth living. And so I'm going to go through these three things. Number one, because Jesus rose from the dead, we are certain we have a solution for sin. All right let me read verse 17 for us. It says if Christ has not been raised if Jesus did not rise from the dead if there was no resurrection your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. All right that's what the apostle Paul says. Now let me take this word sin and talk a little bit about it. What is sin? Well right, you probably heard it even if you don't go to church. You know sin is something that we are we are sinners. And therefore, it's something that we we do, right? We sin. As sinners, we we, we commit sin. And it shows up in obvious ways, you know, ways that you probably heard about, things like murder, stealing, lying. You know, we kind of generally know that these are bad things. But also, it shows up in subtle ways. Loving someone or something more than God, right? The Bible says that's sin. Living self-centered lives, that's also sin. Having ungodly thoughts. That can be sin as well. And whether you know it or not, sitting here today, every single one of us, we long for a solution for sin. You long for a solution for sin. And maybe you're sitting there thinking, no, I don't, I don't. You do. (laughs) Right, I don't want to get into an argument, but this is what I want to say. Have you ever longed for a solution for pain? A life or a world without pain? If you've ever longed for a solution for pain, well, you've longed for a solution for sin. Because a world without sin is a world without pain, right? Pain is a result of sin, a sinful people, and a sinful world. If you've ever longed for a solution for sickness, people have been sick or people have been ill, then you're longing for a solution for sin. Because a world without sin is a world without sickness. If you've ever longed for a solution for disabilities, hurtful people, hopelessness, a lack of joy, a lack of purpose, a solution for death, you have longed for a solution for sin. All of these things are symptoms of sin. Everything broken and imperfect that we see in this world, the Bible says, is a result of sinful people living in a sinful world. If we can just get a solution for sin, everything else will solve itself. Right? War, poverty, famine, all of these things are the result of sin. But if we could fix sin, it will fix it all. It's like, it's like the, the root of the weed. You can pluck the top of the weed, but it'll just keep growing back, but you need to get to the root, and if you get the root, right, the weed will die. And the Bible says that weed, the root problem is called sin. Not anything else. That is the greatest problem in the world and the greatest problem in your world. And this is why Jesus came. He came to be the perfect solution for our greatest problem. He came to be the solution for our sin. This is what Paul says. If you go back a few verses from where we are, we're in verse 17 right now. But if you go back to verse 3, this is what he says. I delivered to you, As of first importance, what I also received. So what he's saying here is, what I'm going to say is of first importance. Out of everything important, this is first. Most important thing, out of everything I can tell you about, this is it. What does he say? That Christ died for our sins. That's what's most important. Out of everything you can hear from any preacher at any church, what is most important is that Christ died for our sins. And then it goes on, in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. What's most important for you to know today about Jesus is not his wise teachings or his cool stories or even the many miracles that he did, it is that he came to save you from your sins, right? That's, that's it. That's central, right? If you go to a church that doesn't make a big deal about that, you know, i would just say you should probably move churches and come to ours. No, I'm just joking. But you can move churches and go to any other church, but that really is what is at the heart of it all, right? That's what Paul is saying. That is why Jesus came to be a solution for sin. But going back to verse 17, if Christ has not been raised, so if Jesus was a God that was born and lived and died and was buried but did not rise from the dead, right? if that last part didn't happen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. That's how much the resurrection matters. Jesus came to be a solution for your sin, but if he did not rise from the dead, he is not your solution for sin. That's how important the resurrection is. That's how crucial it is historically, and that's how crucial it is for you personally today. You can believe that Jesus was born. God was born as man. That's crazy. But that's not enough. You could believe that Jesus was born and that he lived a perfect life, a sinless life, a life that none of us have lived. But that's not enough. You could believe that Jesus was born and lived and that he died on the cross like a sinner. But that's not enough. Because you need to believe that he then rose from the dead. If you don't believe that, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. It's important. It's very important. I want you to imagine with me that you're a kid again. At home. Right? Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I wish I was a kid. Um, you're a kid at home, running around. Right? Your, your parents told you not to run around. You're breaking the rules, running around, kicking a ball. And then you accidentally knock over your, your father's prized vase. Right, you hit the, the cupboard, you watch it teeter, and then it falls in slow motion. And as it falls to the ground, it shatters into a thousand pieces, and then you see your future along with it, shattering. This, this is your life now, you know you, you, you're gone. And immediately, the, room to your father's, you know, the door to your father's room bursts open, and you see him standing there, looking at you, right, with eyes of anger, Because he knows what happened. You disobeyed. You broke the vase. But then in that moment, your older sibling comes to you. Let's imagine you have an older sibling if you don't. And they say, don't worry. i got this. I'll take care of it. I'll fix the situation. I'll calm daddy down. And your older sibling goes into the room with your dad and the door closes. Now let's imagine... You're sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting, sweating, not sure what's gonna happen. 30 minutes pass. An hour passes. Three hours pass and the door stays closed. Let's imagine three days pass. Your brother doesn't, your your, your sibling doesn't come out of the room. Let's imagine your sibling never comes out of the room. Right? They never come out of the room. And I asked you in that moment, hey. How certain are you that your sibling, your brother, did what he said he would do? How certain are you that he or she fixed the situation? How certain are you that they calmed your father down? What, what would you say? I think you'd say, I'm not that certain, right? He, he didn't come out of the room. In fact, I'm, I'm pretty certain it didn't work. Right? I'm pretty certain he didn't fix the problem. In fact, I'm pretty certain I need to call the cops because, you know, it went really bad. It didn't happen. That's what it's like if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Because Jesus looks at us and says, I'll fix the problem. I'm going to go to the cross, and I'm going to satisfy the anger of the Father. I've got this. I'll fix it. And then he dies, and he goes into the tomb. If he did not rise from the dead, and he's just in the tomb, there forever, none of us should be certain, in fact, we should be certain that it did not work. That the father's anger was not satisfied. We should have no confidence. And we are still in our sins. But imagine that your sibling goes into the room. And then you wait, you wait, you wait. And then the door opens and they come out smiling. Full of life. Spring in their step. In that moment, you would know with absolute certainty they did it. Right? They did what they said they would do. And the next time you see your father... Right? You know it's okay, because right? they took care of it. That's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He came out of the tomb, full of life, eternal life. And we can be certain, if Jesus rose from the dead, because Jesus rose from the dead, that our sins are taken away. God's anger toward our sin is no more. He has been appeased. And our relationship with him is restored. That's the first reason why the resurrection matters. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we know he paid the price for sin. We can know that. If he didn't, we wouldn't know that. Let me ask you, do you believe in a Jesus who rose from the dead? Not just a Jesus who was born. Not just a Jesus who lived and died. Right Up to that point, even non-Christians believe that. Because, you know, there's evidence and there are writings that, you know, kind of make this convincing. The hardest part is believing in the resurrection. Because it's a miracle. It's unfathomable. But we need to believe that. For us to be saved of our sins as Christians, we must believe in the resurrection. The second reason why the resurrection matters is that it brought the death of death? If Jesus did not die, die and then rise from the the grave two thousand years ago, not only will we still be in our sin, but we will still die. Right? We will all face death. We'll go to the grave and we'll stay there. You know, if you want to hear more about this topic of death, you know, we're gonna put up the podcast from Good Friday up. Uh, Pastor Daniel talked just about this, right, in great detail. Uh, If you want to feel it in its all of its weight, you can go listen to that on our um, podcast that we upload. But just to overlap a little bit, you know, when you think about death, there's nothing, you know, further reaching and deeply devastating than death. Death is universal. All of our lives will be touched by death at a certain point. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, When in time, death eventually comes knocking at each of our doors. That's what death is. But death is also the worst thing. It's abominable. I love what Daniel said on Friday. Death is not natural. Right? It shouldn't be natural, even though it's become normal. It's a part of each of our lives but it's not natural right when we encounter death right even if it's let's say a pet but especially when it's someone we know it's not natural we feel that it's horrible and the biggest tragedies in life they matter to us because they involve death poverty war covid these things matter because there is death and it is the greatest symptom of sin. If sin is the greatest problem we have, death is the greatest symptom that has resulted from it. Right? Sin affects us in a thousand different ways, but at the end of it all, it is death. It is sin at its most devastating, at its fullest, at its final. And despite everything we've learned over you know, our history as the human race, Right, with all of our advances in technology and science, we haven't figured out how to get rid of this. Right, right. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a tech um, nerd, geek. Like I like to follow uh, gadgets and stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing how far like uh, technology has come. We used to fill up a whole room with computers just to like do basic calculations, and now like in your watch your Apple Watch, your, your phone, your AirPods, like all of that technology has shrunk down into, into there. It's crazy when you think about it, right? None of us are impressed. Anyone? Okay. It's amazing, right, that what you can do now in your phone took like a whole room to do. But despite all of those advances, death is still elusive to us. We haven't figured it out. We might be able to delay death We've never figured out how to destroy it. And Jesus says, that's why I've come. I can. Jesus, Jesus offers to take away death for those who truly turn to him and trust in him. Right? This is what this verse up here says. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand right when jesus says he will give us eternal life he's saying that he will take away death because really death isn't something death is the absence of something right it, it's it's like darkness darkness is not something you can't have darkness you just have the absence of light and when there's no light it's darkness but it's not a thing it's just the absence of something doesn't it? am i confusing you that's what death is. Death is not a thing. It's the absence of something, the absence of life. When life runs out, you have death. To defeat death, you need to have a life that goes on forever. So Jesus, he rose from the dead. That's how he defeats death. He has a life that goes on forever, and he will never taste death again. And what he offers us is the same thing, eternal life. And so you will never taste death. But if Jesus did not rise from the dead, what verse 18 here says is neither will we. If the resurrection did not happen, even though Jesus says, I came to destroy death, he didn't really do it, right? Verse 18, right? If Christ has not been raised, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What Paul is saying is, all those other Christians we knew who put their faith in Jesus, and then they died. Right? Their last breath was, was still trusting in Jesus. When they died, they just died. If the resurrection didn't happen, nothing's going to happen in their lives. They're never going to rise from the dead. They're not alive right now. They're dead. If Jesus did not rise from the dead himself, how can he do it for us? Jesus says he defeated death, but if he's still dead, how can he really say he defeated death? And how can he say he can do that for us? You know, um, I don't know how how you've come out of COVID. Um, Some of us have come out of COVID good, like fit. And I don't know, somehow you did not gain weight. No, I'm I'm not of that camp. Um, I'm I'm the other camp, came out of COVID. Maybe like some of us, uh, gained some COVID kilos. So I've been thinking about joining the gym lately again. Um, and it made me remember the first time I joined the gym. It was like maybe 10 years ago. I joined Fitness First. Um, it was the first time I've ever been to a gym. And I don't know about you, but the first time I stepped into the gym, I was like very intimidated. I'm looking around. I have no idea what all these big machines are doing. All right, there's all these big weights over there. All these big guys with big arms over there. And I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I was standing there. I remember I was standing there, like, kind of like, like not knowing, like, like a kid, like at a new school, like, oh, what do I do? And the personal trainer, he saw me, right? This is what personal trainers do, right? He saw me to, to help me, right? Uh, what he really wants is like in a week's time, he's like, you need to pay me money. He came to help me. So he says, like, here, let me help you out. So he came to me. He sat me down, and he said, what is your goal? Right? Let's figure out what your goal is. And I remember telling him, I was like, you know, um, I got married. I'm starting to gain a bit of a belly. I want to get rid of my belly. And then maybe, you know, I'd like to get a bit big. Because (laughs) everyone around me is, you know, a bit big. I want to gain some muscle. And he looked at me and he said, I can do that for you. Six months. And I remember, if I'm honest, when he said that, thinking, no, you can't. (laughs) I don't think you can do that. And the reason why, and and don't judge me as I judge this guy. Don't judge me. The reason why I thought that was his belly, at at that time, not not anymore, but his belly was was bigger than mine. And so I'm saying, you know, I want to lose my belly. No, no, I'm not saying that that's bad. Like, I mean, you know, like, that's okay. But as a personal trainer, right, in the context of a personal trainer, saying he can do this for me, Right? I, I wasn't certain. If he couldn't do it for himself, could he really do it for me? Right? Is that bad of me? I'm sorry. I repent. That's what I thought. Right? How, how can I know that you can do it for me? if, if he, It doesn't seem like you can do it for yourself. Or Maybe he was bulking. I don't know. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, how can we be certain that he could raise us from the dead? If he can't do it for himself, how can he do it for us, right? That's what Paul is saying. A Jesus that is still dead, we should not trust and have faith that he will give us eternal life if he is not able to rise from the dead and have eternal life. How can he say that he has defeated death if he is dead and if he is not alive? But Jesus did rise from the dead. Jesus is alive. At this very moment. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And He will live for all eternity. Right, that's what we believe as Christians. And because He has, we can be certain He will do it for us. He is the personal trainer I did not get. Right? The one with a better belly than me that says I can do it for you. Right, in that moment I would say yes, of course. Jesus can do it for us. All of Scripture... And all historical evidence points to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. If he did not, we would be anchoring our faith on an empty wish. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we'd just be putting our faith on an empty wish. But that's not what Christians do. We don't anchor our faith on an empty wish. We anchor it on an empty tomb. With certainty, we know Jesus rose from the dead. And so he can do that for us. Paul says in verse 20, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, the agricultural usage of this word is that when they're waiting for a harvest, that the first kind of fruit to be uh, born, they call it the first fruit. And it is a sign of all that is to come in the harvest. Right? when it opens, all the other ones will open. If the fruit is good, and all the other fruit will be good. If it's bad, all the other fruit will be bad. And Paul says Jesus is our first fruit, a sign of what is to come for us. He rose from the dead, and that is a sign of what will come for us. We too will rise. We will live forever. We will have perfected bodies. Right? When Jesus rose from the dead, he had a glorified body, and we will never taste death. That is the second reason why the resurrection matters in history. But for you, it matters for you. It matters that you believe it. Because if you do, you will rise. You will live forever. But if you do not believe in the resurrection, you will not rise from the dead like Jesus did. And the third, because Jesus rose from the dead, we have a life worth living you know some people think uh the christian faith is like a pl- placebo you know a placebo it's like um it's it's like you give someone water and you're like this, oh, have, oh, have you guys seen space jam <laughs> i don't know why i just thought of space jam it's not in my script the original space jam right not the one that they're making with lebron like uh, i don't know okay so like they give him like this drink and they pretend it's like a special drink and they're like oh look i feel strong and then they play really well but it was just water all along right it was nothing But it made them feel like it was something, right, in their minds. It helped them. Wow, it's not in my script. That is perfect. Um, Some people think that's what Christianity is like. It's it's nothing. It's hollow, right? It's not real. But people believe it, and because they believe it, well, well, it makes our life better, right? It gives us a bit more hope, gives us a bit of purpose. It makes us better people. But it's not real. But it doesn't harm us. So let these Christians believe in this empty thing, this false thing. You know, it'll help them sleep better at night. That's what people think. It's nothing, but it helps us in this life. But that's not the way the Apostle Paul sees it. He says that if Christ did not rise from the dead, and we only have hope in this life, But if there's no resurrection afterwards and we only have Jesus and the stuff that we believe in for this life, we're not better off. We are of all people most to be pitied. If Christianity was a placebo just for this life, you would think that Paul would say, well, at least it helps us now. At least it gives us a little bit of hope, a little bit of joy, a little bit of purpose now. And even if the resurrection didn't happen, well, it was good. That's not what he says. If the resurrection did not happen and if we do not rise from the dead, we should be pitied as Christians. We are wasting our life. You see, the Christian life, contrary to belief, popular belief, does not give us our best life now. It does not just give us whatever life we wanted to live and add on everything better. The Christian life is hard at times. The Christian life involves sacrifice. It means we live weird lives where we do things that other people don't do and we don't do things that everyone else seems to do. We're meant to turn the other cheek. Who wants to turn the other cheek, right? If someone hits you, who wants to turn the other cheek? right we all know what we want to do what feels right but that's what we do we serve those around us we we sacrifice what we have to bless people who wants to do that we forgive those who hurt us we love our enemies we humble ourselves we don't seek glory or wealth or fame we say no to things that people say yes to and we say yes to things that no one wants to say yes to. And that's because we don't live for this earth. We live for what comes next. But if what comes next is not true, then all of that sacrifice that we're giving and all of that weird things that we do, it's, it's stupid. It's foolish. And we are wasting our lives. If you don't believe in the resurrection, and you're doing these things, you're wasting your life. We have given up everything on earth for another one that didn't exist. And we end up losing both eternity and earth. But because Jesus did rise from the dead, everything that we do is worth it. The resurrection changes the Christian life from something that is pitiable to something that is enviable. From a wasted life to the only life worth living. That's how important the resurrection is. Right, right? I think about Noah. Right? If You know the story of Noah in the Old Testament? He built the boat and there was a flood and he survived. In the eyes of the world, Noah was a fool. I don't know what they did back then for fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Chase um, animals. <laughs> they were chasing animals. And Noah was wasting his time, like, collecting, like, cutting down trees, you know, collecting wood, making a boat. Can you just imagine? There's this guy named Noah, like, hey, come on, Noah, you, you want to hang out with us? We're going to go into that forest today. <laughs> we're going to hunt boar. I don't know what they did. But Noah's like, no, 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 I've got to make this boat. Why are you making a boat? Why are you wasting your time making a boat on dry land? What a fool. And the reason why Noah did this is because Noah believed that one day God would rain down his judgment, and after that point, everything would change. And he was investing into the life that came after the judgment. Not the one now. He's sacrificing the now for the life that will come later. Now, if God's judgment didn't come, yes, he would have been a fool. But when the rain started pouring down and the floods came and the water rose, in that moment, because it was true, the life he lived was enviable. Because he had invested into what came after. He made the good investment with the time he had. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we are wasting our lives. But if he did rise from the dead, if there is a life after this, one that goes forever, then the wise way to live is to invest there and not here. Not to invest into a sinking ship, but to invest onto an island that will never sink and that will last forever. Because we believe in the resurrection, we have a life worth living, an enviable life that might seem foolish in the eyes of the world, but one day, one day it will be proven that this was the only way to live. The resurrection of Jesus Christ matters. In history, it matters to you so much. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian here or not a Christian. It matters because if you don't have the resurrection, you lose all these things. You lose a solution for sin, you lose the death of death, you lose a life worth living. But if you have the resurrection, if it is real for you personally, then you have all these things. There are truths that change the world, and this is one of them. But it must be more than a truth that changes the world, it must be a truth that changes your world. Something that you believe, Jesus was born. He lived, he died, but he rose from the grave. You know, the resurrection is so important. It's, it's not just something that we celebrate on Easter Sunday. This is the reason we celebrate every Sunday. Every Sunday, we, we gather because of the resurrection. If the resurrection did not happen, we shouldn't gather next week it is so important for you to believe in. So let me ask you as I end, do you believe in the resurrection? I feel like, you know, when I was an early Christian, I didn't think it was that important. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I was like, yeah, like Jesus died, died. That's what's important. It doesn't really matter if you're raised from the dead. It really does matter. Do you believe? If you're not a Christian here today, the whole package is is from his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. That is the package. And if you would believe in this, right because also he rose from the dead, it doesn't matter what kind of life he lived. It doesn't matter what kind of wrongs you have done. How many vases you've broken and how angry the Father should be at you because Jesus died and rose from the dead. He came out of that room with a spring in his step. You can be certain that your sins are forgiven and that your relationship with the Father is reconciled. He did the work. You just believe. Because Jesus rose from the dead. You and I can be like, I don't know, as a kid, you want to be a superhero that just lives forever. You want to be like Edward Cullen, live forever. We can be, not like Edward Cullen, but we can live forever. We were made to be immortal beings. And that is yours because Jesus rose from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, you can take this very short life of yours and make it infinitely purposeful. And invest into an eternity that will never fade. And have a life that is enviable. Do you believe in the resurrection? Let's close our eyes and let's pray. Yeah, I'm just going to leave us with that question. What do we think of the resurrection of Jesus? I know if you are new to church, you don't believe in Jesus, this is a big one, right? It's a big thing to believe. It's a miracle that someone would die but then come back to life and then will never die again, They'll live forever. And yet this is what we believe as Christians. We believe that the Scripture points to this truth. We believe that historical evidence points to this truth and you can look that up as well. And we believe that because this happened, not only did the world change, but our world changed as well. Do you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If you are a Christian here today, I want us to just really wrestle with the resurrection. Again, this is probably the part of story of Jesus that we struggle with the most. I want us to wrestle with God to get to a place where we can have a bit more certainty and say, God, yes, I believe. Or God, I'm struggling. Help me. Help me to believe that you really rose from the dead. It's the very reason we're here today. It's the very reason we live as Christians and we gather every Sunday and we sing with joy and we lift our hands and we proclaim and worship Jesus. It is because He rose from the dead. Wrestle with that truth. Let's spend a couple of minutes reflecting on this and then we're going to sing a song. Let's pray.